Mad Unreal, episode 13, I am Arthur, that is Isaac, uh, who has a water heater issue, right? <laughs> Putting all my business out there. <laughs> yes, hey man, in the middle I mean, of the pandemic, water heater decided to go out, so you know, we, 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 the back cave will keep functioning though. Alfred's living on, on the edge, baby. How are you faring? Fortunately, I have soap. My hands are clean. Hands are clean. Uh, you're not touching your face. I'm not touching my face. And you know, that I'm one of those people where it's like, that's been a really bad habit. Yeah, you and everybody else, though, man. Everybody does it. You know, the thing about it is they say why, you know, I, I keep seeing articles. It's like, why why is it so hard to, touch, you know, to stop touching our face? And then you're supposed to click and read the article. But it's like, because your face itches. <laughs> your yeah. face is always itching. There's always right. something to scratch, rub. You know, it's like, it's always Lean on. <laughs> it's always a problem. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's why you're always touching it. Yeah. Clean hands are important. Isn't that interesting, interesting that contagion has has gotten a newfound popularity? Yeah. We talked about it last time. I have no I had not I realized that it was a Steven Soderbergh movie. And I, oh, yeah. I, I like his films. You've never seen it. I've never seen it. Oh yeah, I went to. I remember seeing it in theater in 2011, I believe. And uh, yeah, it was. It's an excellent film. I have no desire to watch it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it blows. I mean, it's crazy to me. People like watch. It. I'm like, why? You know, I have no but, desire to watch it. But I, you know, it is. But like up I right said now. on the last, like I said on the last show, it's the flu being having a cold, something that everyone has experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, is not as uh, it's not as taboo. Or, or or scary than um, a terrorist attack, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. But we are Going here. From- but we are here to actually offer a bit of a. Because I mean, by the time people hear this episode, I mean many people have been on. It's not quarantine because quarantine is really much more. It's quarantine is when you have symptoms or like you know you you're sick right. or you have symptoms. Really on the quote unquote social distancing is the quick hashtag social term distancing. that you're going to be seeing. Yes. Yeah, oh God, you're going to be hearing that one for a while. But yeah, so, you know, on Wednesday when this episode drops, a lot of people, a lot of you will have been, you know, on self lockdown for a few days, or maybe you've just gone to the office and that's it. Or maybe you've just gone to run a couple of errands or whatever. So mm-hmm. hopefully you sitting back and, you know, this episode will offer a bit of a, a, a break or a release um, or some relief from all the, um, the drama. So let's get into it, man. It's a lot of things. Some of, some of the things we have to discuss are COVID-19 related. Some aren't. So um, let's get into it. It's going to be interesting. All right, this is Mad Unreal, episode 13. Let's go. So uh, we're going to do another round of Mad Thoughts. A um, couple of random things that are going on uh, in Mad Unreal sphere. Um, the Unreal sphere, I like that. You got to. Yeah, I'm, I'm working that out. I, I don't really have the rhythm, the natural uh, rhythm of it yet, but I hopefully like it. by the. Yeah, Madam Real Sphere. I'll work on it. So first up, last week Disney announced that Disney Plus will not stream the 1943 cartoon Song of the South. Now, uh, a few episodes ago, we were talking about um, Disney Plus and how they air uh, quote-unquote historic cartoons. And I put it in quotes not because they're not historic, uh, but because they're referred to as a, as a group. Mm. And this is Dumbo and Peter Pan and Fantasia and others, mm-hmm. um, Lady in the Tramp even, that contained images that depicted uh, persons of color in derogatory 
uh, ways. Mm. And I had remarked that there was no disclaimer that preceded these films. Yeah. But I was I was actually wrong. Disney Plus has a disclaimer, but it's not a visual disclaimer. It's actually couched in the details section. Right. Uh, let's, the description let's, of the film. Let's read it really quickly. Um the exact wording is uh, usually this is what it'll say this program you know it'll be like you said it'll be a description of the film and then it'll be followed by this program is presented as originally created it may contain outdated cultural depictions let me read that again this program is presented as originally created it may contain outdated cultural depictions and usually that'll precede or that'll um, proceed you know some warning about you know I don't know if there's any type of um, tobacco use or you know other things mm-hmm. that that'll mm-hmm. be kind of like tacked on at the end mm-hmm. so yeah go mm-hmm. ahead though I'm sorry I just wanted to read it so we could get the, get that exact no I'm glad that you did and um, I mean my thing is that people don't read mm-hmm. people don't you read I mean? but is that is that a strong enough you know uh I don't think so. It's not, I think you know, that needs to be in capital a, letters. Not, yeah not even <laughs> not even a in warning. its own paragraph you yeah know? let's actually you know what let's step back is it should it be a warning or should it be a proclamation you know what I'm saying? i think yeah i don't think it needs to be a warning i mean i think it a proclamation is is fine but you um, see what i'm saying as far as the difference between if i say i'm going to warn you against something that's right. not me saying hey what i did in you know in this specific you know project or piece of artwork was effed up and i shouldn't have done it yeah me warning you is saying hey we did this you might be offended by it you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like if, you know, you might just want to stay away. I'm going to show it to all these other people. You might just want to move over here because right. it might offend you. So it feels very milquetoast. It feels very um, uh, almost anodyne. You know, it's like I'm, you know, just looking at it one more time um, as it as this program was presented as it originally created. So that part right there as originally created, that's saying, mm-hmm. hey, back then it was OK to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's how this, you know, what you're about to watch is how it was originally created back then. Mm-hmm. Then the next sentence, it may, may, that word right there is really interesting to me. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. So we're not going to go so far as to say that it does contain blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. It may contain them. And then the last part, outdated cultural depictions. That's the biggest bullshit right there to me outdated cultural depictions Mm -hmm. outdated means that we're not going to we're not going to condemn them you know what i'm saying we're just going to say that they're outdated it's a very soft word yeah they have to say that because if they acknowledge that 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 they are then the argument is well why are they why are they even being distributed and i mean let's be clear let's be clear open and honest we've seen all or most of these films that we're talking about. Right. And, right? and Disney is not the only never, one guilty. Ne- home video, home DVD, mm-hmm. never has there been any acknowledgement whatsoever that there was, uh, there may be, quote unquote, may be cultural, negative, stereotypical cultural depictions. Right. right. So not trying to be the Disney guy, it's a, a, a step in the right direction, but it's, 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 a, it's, it's a weak step. 
It's a very, it's weak, a very step. weak step. And let me let me be the devil's advocate, or in this case, let me be the brother's advocate and say that <laughs> and say that all these steps in the right direction that we not just in this issue, obviously, but in many issues, it's almost like on this road that's never going to end. You know, it's like keep stepping in that right direction and we'll keep, you mm-hmm. know, just doling things out in a very granular fashion and then we'll be patting ourselves on the back by saying we're taking a step in the right direction but that direction never gets us anywhere and so with this I feel that it is a very um, like I said a very soft statement and to your point yeah you said well as a I mean I'm, I'm paraphrasing what you said and adding some things but as a corporation as a major corporation they're never going to come out and just say well we you know this shit right here is racist as hell and we shouldn't have done it Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to put it on our streaming service anyway. But to me, that's what you need to do. Do that. And then I'll catch you (laughs) on your back. You know what I'm saying? It's like all these steps in the right direction. I'm not interested in that. Do what's right. And I'll pat you on your back. Mm -hmm. So the question now is that, okay, them pulling, um, song of the South, is that the right thing? Just pulling it. And I've, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen song of the South? Hell no. I don't think because they said it hasn't been played. <laughs> I wish everybody could just see those. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we, we gotta start a YouTube channel. Because you this said is, hell no, oh man, that was that was the classic Arturo hell you, no you face. Know what? YouTube channel is in the works, effective today. Yeah, because you, you guys, you guys got to see what I see because that that was hilarious. Um, but no, so I don't because I don't think it's been aired or you know released in thirty. I think they said thirty three years. So I was trying to go back on my memory. Did I see this as a little, like very, 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 very young child and just don't remember mm-hmm. that? I don't, I think the most I've ever seen is clips. Like, you know, on things that say, yeah, look at this racist ass shit that Disney did. And I've seen clips, you know, what it is, but right. I've never actually seen it. So that, but the question is, okay, is pulling it instead of, you know, coming out and just saying, you know, releasing it and just saying in a much stronger disclaimer this was some effed up, you know, stuff that we did back then. Mm-hmm. We don't do this anymore, mm-hmm. but we're showing it to you because we're not trying to hide who we used to be. Is that the best mm-hmm. way to go about it? Or is it just pulling it like they did? Pulling it. Pulling it is, is the, the best, best way, way to go. Okay. About, why do, why way. do you feel like that's better than, you know, showing it and saying, you know, every, you know, in a much stronger, with using a much stronger disclaimer? Well, and again, I openly acknowledge that I have not seen the film. Mm-hmm. But to make a logical inference to a film that was made in 1946, 1946. So to to look at a film that Disney made in 1946, you know, in the in the in the in the hot zone of these other films. Mm hmm that Disney has acknowledged as weak as they have, mm-hmm. have cultural misrepresentations in them. As soon as I see the words song and South, mm-hmm. I know that it's niggerish all mm-hmm. the way through it. Mm-hmm. And for Disney, this is an acknowledgement without the acknowledgement. This is basically Disney saying, oh, oh, hell no. Hey, oh, God, no, no. We can't just, put that film out. It It'll never, far. ever stop. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We would, we, would basically, we would basically be saying, we don't care about you. <laughs> right, because the other, the other films, just a couple other films that got the outdated warning 
um, include, you know, Jungle Book. I'm reading from a list. Jungle Book, yeah. 1967, Fantasia, 1940, Swiss yeah. Family Robinson, 1940, and the 1960 joint. So 20 years mm-hmm. later, they're still running. <laughs> they still didn't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say Negro, not nigger. How about that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Re-re- let's re-release it. Right. Have them, have them just sing. We don't need to have them dance, too. Have them sing. Uh, anyway, uh, the Aristocrats, uh, Aristocats from 1970. Yeah. Peter Pan, 1953, Lady and the Tramp, 1955, Sign of Zorro, 1958. And then also a lot of Mickey Mouse shorts from the 1920s through the 1940s. Mm-hmm. So this is a company, man, that has and I know we, we got to move on to the next topic, but very quickly, this is a company that has a, you know, a, a, a deep, a long history of this type of, you know, uh, depictions, as they like to say. So I think there is something on your side, I definitely feel, yeah, there's something to be said for it. Just pulling it like, you know, pulling it. But then you have to draw a line. You'd say, OK, what's worth us just pulling off the, the streaming service and what's worth us just putting a quote unquote disclaimer on there? Yeah. To me, that line gets a little bit shaky because now you're dependent upon what people feel is, you know, one way or the other. To me, there's another there's also something to be said about the argument of, hey, put it all up there, but actually own up to what you did. Don't give this mm-hmm. little soft, you know, disclaimer of may contain and, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, cultural depictions and outdated and all these really soft terms own up to what you did to your history, claim it, you know, say, we're never going to do this shit again. And, you know, and own it. I think there's something to be said about that too. So I see both sides of the argument. I'm not sure which side of, you know, I'm would really vote for, but, my ultimate thing is that I'm not patting Disney on the back for any of this at this moment. Um, Cause to your point is, is more self-serving than anything else. Okay. We can, we can move on for that. I think, you know, <laughs> there was, I've, I've seen um, a few people on YouTube, um, some other, um, and some other podcasters um, who uh, don't look like you and me, Arthur, mm-hmm. um, who have said, you know, well, they should leave it up there just to show, I think one, one person I saw was arguing that they should leave it on the site or on the streaming service to show, um, because it's dangerous. One thing for art to be pulled, like art should Mm -hmm. never be restricted. You know, you hear that Mm -hmm. argument all the time Mm -hmm. and there is something to that argument, but then also, uh, I've seen people say, well, we should have it on there so we can see how far we've come. And I Mm -hmm. think that those people are judging that distance a lot to be a lot greater than I think you or I would judge that distance to be. Um, and because they're judging that distance to be so great, they have, a, they're much more comfortable saying, leave those things up there. And those people don't understand that for millions of Americans, million of African Americans in this country, that th- that distance isn't that great mm-hmm. from there to here. Yeah, there is distance, but it's not as great as you believe. And I think that for those people who feel that way, I think it's, if you really are are um, truthful and um, you really want to see, you know, quote unquote change, you know, as, as as many people say, you should start listening to the people who are actually living these these lives and these experiences, and they can tell you, yeah, that distance is not as great as you think it is. Uh, all right, so yeah, I know we got to move on, but I thought that was a that was an interesting thing that happened last week. Mm-hmm. What's next? Uh, we got a bit of bond news. Oh, what happened? Um, there is a oh yeah a yeah James yeah Bond comic book yeah that's being penned by uh, two writers of color. Let me okay. Let me set this up because what happened was what had happened was 
Um, I was listening to uh, one of my favorite Bond podcasts. <clears throat> Shout out to uh, to James Bond Radio. Um, and they were interviewing um, these two writers of color who well, actually, you know, the way it was set up was like, OK, the two writers behind the current run of um, the James Bond comic. And so I had seen the comic. I hadn't bought a James Bond comic in a little while, but I, you know, every time I go to the comic book store, I see it. So I pick it up, mm-hmm. you know, kind of give it a quick look to see what's going on. But I hadn't seen the run that they were talking about. So I listened to the to the episode. And as it turns out, these two writers are writers of color. So I wanted to just quickly and I already did it on Twitter. Um, you can go to add Isaac Perry on Twitter and check them out. Go through my thread. And um, I just posted it the other day. So you can actually check out their um, their uh, Twitter pages as well. But I'm going to just just quickly read their bios to give them some some love, man, because that's listen, that's monumental. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for uh, James Bond, a character who was created by not the most uh, progressive uh, European uh, white man, mm-hmm. as, we, as, as we should as we can probably, uh, I think, all agree upon. For the he wasn't fact sensitive that, to cultural depictions, <laughs> right? His, <laughs> his, his cultural depictions were very outdated. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, for that now, for this character now in the comics, for that arc, and for this, you know, to, for the storylines being being masterminded, as I said in the tweet, by two writers of color, I think that's notable. So, just going to read their bios. Um, uh, Vita Ayala, um, Vita. I hope I'm not effing up your last name, Vita Ayala. Uh, non-binary Afro-Latinx writer for Black Mask, DC, Dynamite, IDW, Image, Marvel Valiant, Vault. Um, You can find them on uh, Twitter at definitely Vita. Um, Again, if you go to my Twitter, you can, you'll you'll find the link and you can go check them out. Um, And then the other writer, uh, Danny Lore. Now, Danny, I know I'm about to f up your name. Danny Lore, or see, Lore or Lore, L O R E. Um, Queen. I'm gonna read read their bio as well. Queen of Bad Dreams, Hugo nominated at Fire Lit Mag, mm. James Bond, Ironheart 2020, Quarter Killer, A Phoenix First Must Burn. Um, and sh- they can be found on twitter at word dogs w-e-r-e-d-a-w-g-z so yeah man i think that just deserved a quick you know mention because um and maybe we can we can get them on the on the show and they can talk about um the comic as well the book and what's going on with their their run on james bond but that's that's major you know that's that's very interesting um i don't think i don't know if in the films there's ever been in the in the films have there ever been a writer of color for the films i mean uh not that Fukunaga I, is probably the closest, right? Because he's half, yeah. he's uh, he's got Japanese heritage, but I don't know. I, we have to, th- I don't I have to go back and look, but I don't think there's ever been a writer of color um, mm-hmm. for the films. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. So yeah, shout out to uh, Vita and Danny. Uh, I'm definitely going to check out the book um, and see what's up because I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what they're doing with the comic. All right. Uh, next up on the list. COVID-19 does to the MCU what Thanos couldn't. Damn. That's a great title. <laughs> you did good on that one. COVID just snapped his fingers and Thanos Poof. was like, damn, I, I couldn't even do that. Yeah. Right. Everything is slowed all the way down. Um, mm-hmm. Let me give you just a, a, a list of, of 10 films, 10 um, um, 
Madame Realverse films, um, and a few of them aren't, but they're big, 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 big projects. So we know about No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious 9 uh, is delayed. Uh, I believe the official title is F9. Um, that's been delayed and now supposed to open uh, April 2nd. 2021 next year right Right. the original opening was was memorial day may 22nd memorial day weekend opening now they got pushed back um to 11 months later Mm -hmm. um mulan the live action mulan which looks like the best live action disney film yet um it looks beautiful, that, man. Those, 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 yeah, it's tra- those trailers. I mean, that was a movie I was really looking forward to because those trailers were just off the chain. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, it, it had a March 27 opening, and they're looking for another 2020 date. Disney doesn't even know yet uh, when they're going to release this film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a romantic comedy that stars Issa Rae and uh, Kumail uh, Nanjani. Mm-hmm. Um, Lovers, what was it called? Lovebirds. Lovebirds, okay. Uh, That Mm -hmm. was scheduled for April 3rd, and there's no new release date uh, set. Mm. Um, Next, there was a live action version of both Peter Pan and uh, The Little Mermaid, and The Little Mermaid was starring Halle Berry. Both of those have just been suspended. Those, now were those in production? Uh, Pre production. Okay, all right. Wow. So that's how many for Disney? Two so far? Mm-hmm. So here's number three, Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, a Marvel Studios production. Um, the director, Destin Daniel Creighton, um, has been, or Cretton, his, name, his last name is spelled C-R-E-T-T-O-N, so it could be uh, Cretton. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to refer to the man as Cretton. As a, as a Cretton. <laughs> yeah. Unless that's his um, name. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, the the Procoli family that started James Bond and you guys were like, nah, broccoli. Okay, well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, but but he uh, jokes, sick. Ac- jokes sick. aside, yeah, yeah. He'd been tested for coronavirus. Uh, as yet, I don't know if the results of his, t- his test have been released, uh, mm-hmm. but he's in self-isolation mm-hmm. as an additional precaution. So the production of that show uh, is suspended. And that was, did, um, did you have a release? That was, that movie was, uh, that was part of phase four and that was, supposed to be oh february of next year so okay. at the very at the very earliest we probably looking at the summer maybe next year for that movie but who knows uh okay and next up uh, almost done with the list next up there were two reboots one for home alone mm-hmm. and one for uh honey i shrunk the kids mm-hmm. both of those productions have been delayed mm-hmm. um mission impossible 7 Mm. Oh, now you're about to hurt my feelings. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me let me brace myself. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Strap in. Mission Impossible 7 production in Italy has mm. been halted. They oh, halted hell yeah. in late February. <laughs> like, that's a rewrite. <laughs> right, right. Italy, right. did we say Italy? No, we meant Istanbul. Right. <laughs> it's about to be a rewrite. Did you see really really quick? Have you seen the videos of uh, the people on the the balcony singing in in in, uh, in Italy and no yeah they all, yeah I'll just send them to you after the show but I mean everybody's probably seen them at the point at this point but they're beautiful man just people you can't mm-hmm. start you, you know the human spirit man people need they need art they need music mm-hmm. you know they mm-hmm. need words they need stories mm-hmm. so yeah there's people on the balcony singing and um just you know trying to find some form of you know social uh, connection we're we're, we're 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 social animals man we're very social animals so 
but yeah okay so is, is there anybody else and, and all all these films were not obviously you guys all these films are not you know quote unquote unreal film films that we would talk about on this show but i think arthur your point was just to show the the devastation you know the kind of the wide right. swath of devastation right so um yeah speaking of animals two more mm-hmm. jurassic world dominion the mm. third re, uh new phase starring chris pratt right uh, production has been paused on Jurassic World. And last, and I saved this one for last just because I wanted to kind of build up the disappointment. <laughs> Thanks. The Batman. Mm, halted. Production, production has been halted mm-hmm. as of March 14th. And they were shooting in the UK, right? Yeah, and they're, they're, they're shut down for at least two weeks. Mm, at least, yeah. So, all right. My question to you. First of all, let's look at it because uh, well, first of all, this is when this show this show drops on Wednesday. Yep, it's highly likely that by the time you guys have heard this, Black Widow will also be on that list. Mm-hmm. Black Widow, I think, has a May first release date right now. They just dro- dropped a trailer last week, which actually two things. One, it was the best trailer that I've seen um, from that film. It actually got me back in it because I was the the trailer previous. We talked about it on the show. It kind of like it just felt really disappointing to me and I, it kind of took me out. Like I was like, uh, now I'm still going to go see it, but I'm not as excited as I, I thought I would be um, right. considering that black widow is one of my, one of my favorite characters um, from the comics. So that they dropped that last week is one of the best trailers. It actually surprised me though, man. I didn't think that they would drop a trailer. I thought they would at least be like, okay, let's see how things play out for the next week or two. Cause we may have to pull this. Um, but I still think, um, how, how do you feel? Cause I still think that we're going to get an announcement probably either tomorrow, which is Monday or Tuesday that this film has been, has been rescheduled. What do you think? Oh, I think it's a inevitability that they're going to, that they're going to postpone this film. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that they are, they are finalizing if they don't have, have one yet, but that they'll finalize a, a re-release date, an actual release date. Mm-hmm. I think they need to do that in the same way that they needed they needed to do that for uh, No Time to Die, mm-hmm. um, and I think that <clears throat> releasing the trailer um, is a sign of that. Mm-hmm. Are they? That are they it's ha- something are they that hoping, can keep the momentum going? But are they hoping against hope that? Well, let me ask you this: Is there a chance that they're going to wait and say, "Okay, let's wait these next two weeks out"? Because that seems to be the window, right? It's like everybody's like school is closed for two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is shut down for two weeks, blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see how things look in early April, because we got a month. The, the movie's not supposed to open until May 1st. Right. So is there a chance they may wait until early April and see what the mood is like, how things are shaking out, and then make a decision? Well, there's a chance. I mean, you know, we're talking about the U.S., but China is starting to come back uh, to some normalcy. Right. Um. And but we definitely Italy have Chinese. We have some Chinese down. listenership, right? <laughs> not well, at all. <laughs> well, not at all. Not but Marvel single. definitely does, <laughs> right, right? Marvel right. definitely does. Right. Um, but uh, Europe is is uh, going through what China was going through now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's the Western Italy, world that's in in the thick of it. Italy is yeah. Italy yeah. is closed for business. Um, um, Angela Merkel, uh, the Chancellor of Germany, is preparing her country for uh, an onslaught. Um, um, I believe England, which th- their kind of strategy is let's just roll business as usual. 
let the virus run its course and just keep it moving. We've got universal health care. We can take care of our, our, our citizens. Um, Brexit, of course, comes into question of all of that, but this is not a political show. Um, you know, in, in the U.S., we're, we're on some, you know, wait and see. We're tough and resilient because we are America, even though I don't really know what that means, kind of in denial. So we need these sort of two to three week close everything down and try the social uh, uh, what was it? Social separation? No, social, social distance, distancing. Yeah. Social distancing, right. and just see how it plays out. So, do you think that? Do you think that Marvel may wait until after that that grace period, that two to three win- week window is closed before they make a decision on Black Window, Black Widow, or do you think it's going to happen now? No, I think it's going to happen now because with with major companies mm-hmm. taking drastic steps, Amazon going remote only. Facebook going remote work only, canceling their F8 convention. Um, Apple closing all of their U.S. stores. Mm-hmm. I think all of those kinds of things. At this point, we're at a we're at a a, a, a yellow ribbon moment. Tie yellow, you know what I'm saying? A yellow mm-hmm. ribbon moment, a pink ribbon moment. You know, we're at this moment where where companies are now having to make statements to, um, um, you know, show that they care, show that they're conscious of what the of what the situation is. Right. So it almost, <clears throat> excuse me, it almost may be in bad taste for Marvel to be pumping out trailers over the next two weeks. Like we still doing this May 1st thing. I don't know what y'all about, but we still going to do this. I mean, that may be perceived as bad taste, you know, for them to keep going on, you know, business as usual. Meanwhile, Apple, Nike, everybody else is kind of shutting right. down. I would think so by a company that's owned by Disney. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here's the thing, though, and I, it's funny, man. You say we're not a political show. We absolutely are. It's like we can't, we can't, we can't turn away all the shit we done said. Yeah, we can't, we can't walk away from that. But um, I, I, you know, I highly, I'm with you. I do expect them to make this announcement soon um, that Black Widow will be rescheduled. And I'm wondering I mean, what this means, though, for you know this phase four. Because look at, okay, let's look at the MCU phase four really quickly. You got Black Widow May first, mm-hmm. The Eternals mm-hmm. November sixth. Um, these are all mm-hmm. the. This is all the current slate for twenty twenty um, for twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Phase four stretches mm-hmm. from now mm-hmm. to twenty twenty one. Black Widow Eternals November sixth. Shang Chi February twelfth twenty twenty one. Doctor Strange um, in the Multiverse of Madness May seventh twenty twenty one. The mm-hmm. next Spider-Man flick, um, mm-hmm. July 16th, 2021, and then Thor, Love and Thunder, November 5th, 2021. Mm-hmm. 20, I said 2020, 2021. The question is, is that, okay, once we start pushing back the current fil- slate of films, you know, Black Widow, if it's, if it's next, is which with, you know, we're expecting it to be, how does that affect you know the Eternals if they move Black Widow to say August or maybe even September or you know nobody move, moves a film to September October so it'll probably be right. November Not but then film. if they put Black Widow in November now it's going up against No Time to Die you know they right. don't want to do that so then they put it they can't put it and then it's got the Eternals in November it can't go up against its own film right so do they move it to December you know make it a Christmas movie is it type of movie that can be that can be a Christmas movie I don't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what does this do to the, the the slate of films that are supposed to be 2021? And then you're also looking at, like you said, production being halted on so many films. Shang-Chi, production halted. Thor mm-hmm. is only in pre-production. 
So production halting on that doesn't have, you know, as big of an effect because you're still in the writing phase. You're still in the building at, you know, looking at sets where right. we're going to film, blah, blah, blah. You're you still could, in all right. these things. You could video conference cast meetings. Nobody's right. in right. costume. Right. But it still does have an effect. You know, it does push mm-hmm. timelines back. So mm-hmm. the question is to me is like, okay, is Marvel going to have to reshape their whole calendar? Now, before you even answer that, before you, before you comment on that very quickly, also, we're talking about television. This is the first Marvel phase that includes television, streaming, mm-hmm. Disney+. Mm-hmm. Plus. So mm-hmm. I know um, Vision and, you know, uh, Vision or WandaVision Vision. and mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%, not 100%, but I'm 80 to 90% sure those are all done, you know, filming is wrapped. In the can. In uh-huh. the can, um, or very close to be being done. So are those going to debut on time or... Is it story or storyline sensitive to the point where something happens in Black Widow, you know, post credit sequence or something that affects, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we can't, you know, show Falcon and Winter Soldier until you actually see Black Widow until we release. But you see what I'm saying? So this all gets very complicated. And it's like, how are they going to handle all this? Well, I think that as everyone is going through the adjustment toward a new normal films are going to go that way too there may be a new definition to what a christmas film is Mm, that's interesting and black widow may find herself you know being the december 25th wow uh, wow that's december 25th uh, release right release right that you know that would be i i almost want that to happen now that would be interesting now you know let's not forget wonder woman yeah, Wonder Woman. She's going to be affected June, also. Right? June and or she's, July. She has, she has greater flexibility than Marvel does because MCU, they got their whole phase calendar laid out. Right. You know, um, DC. Yeah, Wonder Woman is They're freelancers. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Everybody's freelancing. on their own. Right. Everybody's on their own. And um, I know that you don't, the conversations that we've had about this, I know you don't necessarily agree with, but I still don't discount Disney Plus being a vehicle for releasing some, maybe not all of them, mm-hmm. but some of these films. Okay, you know, well let's let's the talk likelihood about that. of the likelihood of a film like Mulan, mm-hmm. who, which does not have a a a a, a stated re release date mm-hmm. or revised release date. We know that Disney Plus is operating as a, at a loss. They have a seven dollar subscription fee, monthly subscription fee. And they're operating lower than what Netflix is and and, uh, a dollar above Hulu. But that's also owned by Disney. So that can be whatever, whatever. But what I'm getting to is the idea that could Disney flip their model Mm. such that certain films carry a premium that you're a Disney Plus subscriber. You know, you can have Mulan added to your library for two ninety nine or something like that Mm. or four ninety nine for something like that. Mm. Um, I'm not an accountant. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> right, what those like numbers are. But what yeah. I'm saying is, I do believe that there are conversations about using that platform to both draw additional subscribers, uh, uh, pardon the expression, but juice the existing subscribers, mm-hmm. you know, as an, as an add on, um, and also finding a way to begin to buoy the price of the subscription overall to come into greater alignment with what Netflix is charging. I, you know what? I'm with you on the fact that the, some of those conversations are being had in some way, shape or form. The reason that I've, I've disagreed with that is because 
and we you know this is this is on our, our show notes to talk about something like New Mutants, which I don't know what the budget was for New Mutants, but I know it mm-hmm. wasn't big. And that movie has been in development. For, that movie has been in in release hell for t- like two years now. It was supposed to be out mm-hmm. two years ago, maybe three mm-hmm. years ago, but at least two years ago it was supposed to be out. So it's been in the can, done, ready to be released. And because of the initial drama with, you know, um, I think there was some uh, pushback on the content. It was a horror film. And, you know, the studio was at the time, 20th Century Fox was nervous about releasing it. So there were some reshoots. Then you had the whole Disney buying 20th Century Fox and now it's right. 20th Century Studios. So all this drama has pushed this movie to finally, we thought we were going to see it in February or uh, I think next month, April of this year. Mm-hmm. Now it's been, you know, shelved indefinitely again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. something like that. I can see hitting Disney plus because at this point it's a major loss, you know, and it's right. a 20, it's a 20th century studio film. It's not a part of the MCU, right? It has no right. effect on the continuity of the MCU, but I could see them dropping that maybe not on Disney plus maybe on Hulu, which Disney also, I think owns the majority of. So maybe mm-hmm. they drop it on Hulu because mm-hmm. at this point it is a loss, you know, and it's like, yeah. let's just cut our losses. But with Milan and Black Widow and these films, I'm looking at, you know, Milan, I don't know if this number is accurate, but the number I just found really quickly by Googling it um, says the budget was 200 million. So 200 Mm -hmm. million, not counting advertising. So Mm -hmm. throw in another 150 mil or so for advertising. So let's say this movie costs 350, $350 million to make. So to get their money back, they got to make like three times that, you know, to get their money back and pay off the investors and do whatever they need to do and actually make a profit. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. For that add-on on Disney Plus, and again, I'm not an account either, but I would imagine it ain't gonna be four nine nine. It's gonna be like, yo, can you if you want to see Milan at home on Disney Plus on you know April blah 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 2020, it's gonna be like a forty dollar add-on. You know what I'm saying? Because you're counting in tickets that you would normally pay right. for you and your family, parking, concessions, you know, all the things that this mm-hmm. whole theater supply chain and kind of assembly line and all these people who got to get paid all these things they depend upon, it can't just be for it. It had to be a huge, and who was going to pay? Sit is one thing for me to get in my car and go, you know, to the movie theater um, right. and, you know, do all the pay for parking, do all those things, all the things we do when we go to the movie theater and the concessions. Right. And it's like an experience. But when you're sitting right. at home, you ain't paying, you ain't going to click the, oh, $40 to see Milan. You're not doing it. It's just not how we're, we're not built right now for that right now. So we're used to, to your point, we're used to being at home and paying, if we are going to pay for a movie, four ninety nine or five ninety nine. But for Disney to, to actually get profit from a Milan or a Black Widow, the premium would just be ridiculous, you know, that you'd have to pay at home for them to do that. So that's why I don't think at this point, in this point in time, maybe in the future, but right now the the infrastructure is not set up for anything like Milan or Black Widow, you know, movies that cost 200, you know, 300 million dollars to make. They're not going to hit home streaming services before they hit theaters. I I agree with that premise. But here's the thing. This is March. Mm-hmm. Summer's coming. Presumably, temperatures are going to get a lot warmer than what they are now in certain regions of the United States, but also uh, other parts of the world. And that overall makes folks less susceptible to transmit the virus. Mm -hmm. But October, November, December, when we go into this fall winter corridor, temperatures drop. What's to say that there is not another wave 
There will be. I think they're expecting that, yeah. Of the virus. Right. So if you're sitting there on a $100 million property and nobody's going to the theaters, then you what are you going to do? Drastic times call for drastic measures, right? What are you going to do? That is a good question. I think that's... Now, that's, Mulan... Take, take, let's put Black Widow to the side for a minute. Okay. Mulan is something that you can easily market to families. Hell, the whole film was marketed to families. That was the mm-hmm. whole premise of it. Mm-hmm. That is a much easier sell as a subscrip- on a subscription service than it is in a movie theater in terms of a recoup. But another thing, too, granted, you can't charge like pay-per-view fight prices for these films. Nobody's going to pay $50 to add on Mulan. This is not going to make any sense. You know, mm-hmm. but at some reasonable premium with the context of you're staying at home for the sake of your health and your children's health. Mm-hmm. I think that's an easier sell. OK, let you me. Have, it's a selective sell, but mm-hmm. it's an easier sell. Let me ask you. One Maybe other... you know what? Maybe Black Widow gets released in 2020 in China. Mm. Maybe. Or places or, 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 or let's say Europe. Is 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 kind of it's cycled through Europe. I, you know, what I'm getting to is I'm saying the U.S. is late as hell on this, right? So so okay, if the international markets are in better health, literally, then let's release Black Widow first out there, and then hopefully we get a spring 2021 release on Black Widow domestically. Yeah, see the problem. I'm just saying. Yeah, the the problem, whole board the the, the, problem the with sketch the, 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 has been turned upside down and shaken. Right, but the problem for the Marvel problem for MCU point. though is that again their narrative problem. And everyone is in the same boat. The problem though again is their narrative. And problem. everyone is trying to figure it out. And everyone is trying to project losses and everyone is trying to project is trying to put together contingency plans. Right. I'm All with you. All at the same I'm, everybody's I'm, walking and chewing gum at the same time. I'm with you 100%. But again, Man on real, I said it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so, but okay, so the problem though, I you know, listen, I'm with you I'm I'm with you in the, you know, pull the emergency handle spirit of everything that you just said. Yeah. Yeah. The problem though for outside outside of the economics of the situation, um, which is, you know, number one problem. Again, the number two problem is the narrative thing. You know, they mm-hmm. can't release a movie in China or even or especially not in Europe where they know shit is going to get leaked you know stuff is going to be all over the internet and that's going to affect mm-hmm. how you know people view or want to view or want to consume or are mm-hmm. inspired or compelled to consume some of their other content that depends upon this kind of chronological storytelling that you know the mcu does so that's that's that but you know what let's let's come back to this in the coming weeks as we kind of see how this thing plays out let's actually put a pin in it now and come back to to this topic because I think that you know this is one of those things where we're actually going to be able to see in real time how things yeah. are you know how things are being handled but before yeah. we move off of this one other question or kind of one other thing that concern I wanted to put out there is that when we're talking about because I think I saw a number like 20 billion like the the industry the movie industry may lose 20 billion you know mm-hmm. due mm-hmm. to this uh this outbreak and you know the, the economic ramifications of that mm-hmm. i have no idea if that number is correct that's just the number i saw but let's i think we can all kind of agree it's going to be in the billions somebody's billions right yeah the problem or the kind of the concern is that all these films that are being that have been greenlit you know let's say over the last you know year or so not aren't in production maybe aren't even in pre-production 
you know, some of them maybe are in pre-production, mm-hmm. but they've been greenlit. Uh, I can see a lot of those films, you know, getting the axe. And the reason I say that is because if you're at, at these studios, if they're looking at all these losses and trying to yeah. juggle everything that you just got done talking about this movie that looked good, you know, six months ago, mm-hmm. you know, it may not look good so good now. It's going to be like, hey, I'm not sure that, you know, we are in the position to do that anymore. Um, especially if it's a film that's considered a quote unquote risk. Um, if it's not Thor, you know what I'm saying? If it's just, if it's some other film that's like, uh, we don't know what the audience is going to be for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of films are going to have that green light turn into a red light. And that's, that's a concern from a consumer standpoint or from a fan standpoint, you know, what are we going to end up missing out on? And that mm-hmm. to me is more to, that's to, to me, that's more of a, um, impetus to get what you're talking about off the ground. Like if the streaming services can help that problem, like, Hey, we don't see the money to put behind that, to get it in theaters anymore, but maybe we can cut that budget in half or whatever and get it, you know, through our streaming service. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That would be, you know, that would be encouraging. Um, so anyway, bottom line though, we'll come back to this. What's, um, we got to move on to the next, we look as we do on mad and real, we always like to end the shows or the final topic on the show to go out on a high note to, to George. Going out on a high note. Right. We like to Cassandra every time we can over here. So last topic, let's, um, let's go out on a high note, man. Let's get off of this, this whole COVID-19 MCU, you know, Thanos, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's move on. All right. On a high note, Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 4, Unfinished Business. Unfinished uh, Business. <laughs> also a name of an album <laughs> right. from one of my favorite hip-hop groups, EPMD. <laughs> well, I heard the writers were actually listening to that album while they were working on this episode. Oh, really? No, I'm just playing. So. <laughs> no, right. I was like, Yo, hey, you had me. You had me on EPMD. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yo, um, I thought, you know what, really, before we dive into this, I thought this arc was over, man. It's interesting. Last I did too. Did, yeah, usually, I did too. Usually, but isn't this the, a better ending for a story arc? Right. I, you know what? I was thinking most arcs are three episodes, but now I was actually thinking, I was like, you know what? There were a lot of Clone Wars arcs that were like four and five episodes, you know, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I should have known better, but that they may have something else to say about this, but. I was happy to see that this arc had one more um, a denouement to it. So that was that was interesting. So, yeah, let's let's dive into this unfinished business. OK, so um, I was I won't go so far to say that I was right, that that's not that's that wouldn't be an accurate statement. But I know that when we were talking uh, last episode about the uh, the three, ep- the first three episodes of this season dealing with finding Echo. Mm-hmm. Um we debated a little bit about that last scene of episode three right. where the camera is, is, is stays on echo. And we see this expression on his face after Rex says to him, you know, all right, brother, everything, we can go back to our normal life. Everything can go back to normal. Right. Right. And just like um, it used to be just like it. Yeah. And I had thought that hit echoes pause and the look on his face denoted, um, um, him being conflicted between who, whom his allegiance will lie with mm-hmm. the separatists that he'd been a slave to for a number of years or maybe even not that long a separatist the, the separatist to whom he'd been a slave to for for some time it was know? years yeah it was because it was it, remember it was I, I'll tell you it was definitely since season three 
So it yeah, but years. remember the Clone Wars in totality oh, was that's only right. three yeah, years long. Right. It was only three years long. You're right. Yeah. So we talking that threw me let's, too. Let's call it a year. That's fine. Is, I, I, I agree a long with that. Time to be hooked up to a machine and have yeah. like plugs in your brain and shit. So yeah, that's, right. let's call it a year. Right. So would Echoes Allegiance align uh, align back with the um, separatists? The, the separatists or, or the republic yeah or with the republic you know and and episode four spoke to that directly right at the outset mm-hmm. but it was flipped in that echo was declaring and 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 um acting mm-hmm. in the interests of the alliance mm-hmm. the republic uh, thank you mm-hmm. Echo's actions, his ways and actions were aligned with uh, the, with the Republic, mm-hmm. um, but the Bad Batch in particular, those troops were questioning whether or not he was still, you know, a separatist plant. Right. So you were you were kind of right, but you know what? When we get to the final scene, and we discuss the final scene of this episode. Yeah. I'll tell you why I think I was also kind of right. I do think you were kind of right, but I also think yeah. I was kind of right too. So, but yeah, okay. Yeah, so. I'll concede. Oh, hold on. Before you get started, let me just say for everyone listening, we're we're going to get into some spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cuz we didn't we didn't we didn't let people know that we were going to be real spoiler heavy and right. when we, you know, if you have not seen <laughs> Sorry. this episode, <laughs> Sorry about that. this episode of Clone Wars um season 7 episode 4 unfinished unfinished business. If you haven't seen any of the Clone Wars this season, definitely pause, go watch them, come back and listen. Um, but we are about to get into some spoilers into uh, this this uh, fourth episode of season seven. So let me ask you, Arthur, what to to me, the major themes of this episode, it was very obvious. You know, they put it out there right in the mm-hmm. front and in the, in the moral that they posted. And then, you know, at the beginning of the episode and then some of the first pieces of dialogue dealt with it and the voiceover, my man, uh, I forgot the guy's name who does the 1940s, you know, radio type voiceover at the beginning, he dealt with it. Um, but the themes to me were trust and loyalty. You know, that mm-hmm. was right. You know, mm-hmm. do we trust you mm-hmm. and who are you loyal to? Um, which I think in, in our day to day lives, we always, you know, you know, with our family and our friends, that first question is always there. Like, okay, who do I trust? Who I, who, who do I not trust? And then the yeah. answers to those questions define who we're the closest to. But then mm-hmm. that second part of it, loyalty, I think is very specific to people who are in a situation together, whether it be soldiers, um, whether it be people that, you know, trying to perform a certain job, whatever it is, if you're in, in something, if you're in something with somebody, you know, if you're, if you're dependent upon somebody else to get something done, especially if it's a life and death situation, it's mm-hmm. not just about can I trust you? It's also about your loyalty. And there's a I know it sounds like we're splitting hairs, but there is a difference or there is a there is a gradual kind of um, a level up. You know, it's not just about can I trust you? Are you loyal to what I'm loyal to? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, mm-hmm. yeah, to your point, that was like at the front of this episode, especially with the Bad Batch um, questioning, like, oh, you know, dude has been hooked up to, you know, he's been uh basically being downloaded for like the last year by the yeah. separatists is he or by the uh, more specifically by the trade union um but is he is he still loyal to us you know can we trust him and is he still loyal to what we're loyal to that's what mm-hmm. i got from it mm-hmm. is that what you is that kind of what you, you were on the same page as that yeah I, w- I was on the same page with that um the animators and 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 um uh story writers were also very um adept at giving you little hints and triggers that maybe oh maybe echo isn't Mm, mm -hmm. rolling with the republic like we think that they are Mm -hmm. um 
and uh, maybe he is still um, working for uh, Admiral Trench, whom and I really like Admiral Trench. Yeah, that was too, that the was yeah. general. R.I.P. Because that was my guy. <laughs> he was he yeah was he a was great like villain. The, he was like he was like the General Akbar. Yeah, of the Severus. Oh, That's right, right. Yeah, he was he was his he was his opposite number. He was that, and you hate to see good villains go too quickly. We'll get to him in a minute, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was while he was there, while he was on screen, um, back in the clone early Clone Wars, and now it was like yeah, he was he was a great villain. So you, you, well, let me say this too, just real quick. But mm-hmm. but what I really liked too was the consistency of Anakin talking about trust and loyalty the consistency of anakin trusting rex because rex trusted echo with everything he never Mm -hmm. once wavered his from his support of echo Mm -hmm. and even though anakin and you could see it going back to the crediting the uh, the animators you know you could see it in his facial expressions and the hesitancy of really fully being on board with echo Mm -hmm. You're talking um, about not just in this episode, you're talking about in a previous episode too. In previous episodes as well. Right. You know, but it was like, if Rex trusts him, I'm rolling with Rex because that's right. my guy. Right. Yeah. And that's that's very realistic too. Because I mean, I think we've all been in those situations where it's like, okay, you know, this this is not my boy, but this is the this is my boy's boy. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, I, yeah. I'm going to, if I carry, I'm going to trust him via him. You know, I'm going to trust you right. via my, my right. guy right here. So right. it's like he vouched for him. And that was enough for Anakin. And I think that that trust and loyalty, to your point, it definitely was conveyed upon. Because even even in the beginning of the episode, when Echo shows up and he's like, I can help or I can, you know, really, you know, turn this 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 uh, battle mm-hmm, around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rex doesn't turn to him. And I thought at, for, for half a second when Rex turned to him, I thought Rex was going to be on some. Uh, you know, maybe you need to sit this one out till you know, you we really can check mm-hmm. you out. Basically, make sure you ain't a sleeper agent or some shit. You know, I thought right. Rex might be on that. But Rex says to him, no, nah, you're not, you're just not ready. You know, you're not battle ready yet. And he has, you know, you can see he's really concerned about Echo. Like, dude, you just, you were plugged into a machine for last year. And Rex, mm-hmm. he, Echo even says, you know, he says something like, I've been doing, you know, he he, he's, he alludes to his time with the Separatists as I, I was doing that for a while, which says that he was aware of that time period. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. like, he wasn't just. That's true. Because right. remember when he woke up in the, in when, they, when Rex took him down from the thing at, you know, at the trade union. He was like kind of in a daze, and he was like, "Where am I?" You know what I'm saying? And yeah, he was actually, like he was—he still thought he was at the Citadel, right? He was still repeating the last, you know, I gotta block this, and you know, I gotta get these guys. Uh-huh. So he thought he's at the Citadel. So I thought he wasn't aware, but when he said, "I've been doing it for a while," I'm wondering, is that mean like dude was somehow conscious? And that's that's even more horrible because it's like you're a conscious that you're hooked up, being tortured basically for you know over a year. So mm-hmm. Rex is lying to him like, hey, you're not you're not ready. It, I felt it was one of compassion. Like, dude, you mm-hmm. know, just go sit this one out. We got this. We're not even going to ask you to do anything. You know, even though you probably could help us, we're not going to ask you to do anything. So yeah, I, I think that Re- to your point, Rex his his trust and you know it, it never wavered. It never wavered. And even when the Bad Batch starts questioning Echo, Rex is quickly like, you know, I know who he's loyal to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like one of them, I think Hunter, one of them was like, we know I'm I'm wondering who he's loyal to. And Rex is like, well I know. And he was like You're basically right, saying right. that's all you need to know is that I know. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really strong, man. It just it made me it made me like Rex even more. Rex has always been my guy, as you know, but it made me like him even yeah. more. You know, I also like I did like how Mace Windu got a lot of play in this episode. <laughs> Mace, dude, Mace is 
Mace is a piece of work, man. I mean, listen, no disrespect to Mace, but is he not the most arrogant cat? He's one of the most arrogant Jedi's. It's like he just has this aura about him, like, you know, I got this. You know, you can right. help me if right. I, I am. I am here. I am here <laughs> right? with the purple lightsaber that nobody else got. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Y'all got right. that blue and the green. I got the purple joint. Right. That's right. I'm here. And if I if I if you if I decide that you can help me, you know, you can help I'm, me. Right. So that's just his aura. But I, I'm glad to your point. I'm glad to see the brother get, you know, some some screen time. It's good to see him on screen. Yeah, and so far this is the closest that we've seen Anakin and Obi Wan being on a mission together. Even though Anakin was with the Bad Batch and Rex and Echo, oh, you mean leading, this season, leading, yeah. leading the team, mm-hmm. you know, and Obi Wan was with Mace, um, um, battling the Droid Army. Mm-hmm. Um, we've yet to see the interaction between Obi Wan and Anakin, mm-hmm. which to me means in order for you to put them together you have to bring up ahsoka so ahsoka has got to be featured in the next episode so that's what i'm anticipating you're looking for the you're looking for this interaction between anakin and obi-wan why why is that so important to you post you know season uh six clone wars why is that are you looking for him to confront obi-wan and be like yo you should have stood i don't know ahsoka what are you looking for Maybe it's a confrontation. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a confrontation. But as we saw in this episode where Anakin um, and you know what? Again, heavy spoiler alert. But when Anakin flip, not even flips, but when Anakin just kills Admiral Trench, mm-hmm. you know, calls calls the Admiral's bluff thinking mm-hmm. that, hey, you're a Jedi. I know you're not going to do right. me harm. Right. And Anakin's like, I'm not that kind of Jedi. Right. You know? Um, we we need to establish Anakin turning away from the Jedi and turning toward the Sith. Mm-hmm. Okay, and see that I'm glad you said that because that's something I wanted to ask you about. And I think Ahsoka is key to that. You don't see this in the films. We we talked about that's, this. That's the, well that's documented. The point. That's the point. Right. You right. Don't now. Let's 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 look at the because beginning. Because why of, did Anakin flip like that? Like why did Anakin? You know what I'm saying? It's because I believe it's because of what he's been feeling about how Ahsoka was was treated. Right. So there's been listen, there's been seeds dropped throughout the Clone Wars, you know, little things here and there. Mortis, you know, you, you that's your, right. one of your favorite arcs. Yep. Um, there's an arc where Ahsoka gets trapped, you know, with another Padawan um, underneath some uh, wreckage on an alien planet where they're doing yeah. battle. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. With Anakin, the Anakin loses his shit because he's basically like, I gotta save her. And the other Jedi is like, I think Luminari was the other one. She's like, no, you know, you, you're, you're too attached to her. So there's mm-hmm. been like glimpses where we've seen, okay, little hints like, okay, here are Anakin's issues and here are the issues that are going to get exploited by Palpatine and here, you know, kind of a trail that we can see Anakin going to the dark side. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of Revenge of the, you brought up the films, beginning of the Revenge of the Sith, Anakin and Obi-Wan are getting along great. You know what I'm saying? It's like probably the closest they've ever been. Right. Um, and we do see immediately after that, we kind of see how Palpatine is, you know, slowly bringing Anakin in, like, you know, kind of putting his arm around him and take him under his wing and, you know, making him his friend. So yeah. we oh. do get that. Mm-hmm. And he also kills Dooku. And film. he kills Dooku. And, you know, at the beginning of the and film, that's supposed he kills... to be the trigger. That's supposed to be the the, the, the right. Red flag. But here's here's the question I want to ask you: Is that one? 
and I almost I'm pretty sure the answer to this the Clone Wars so I'm not going to pose it to you as a question this episode or this season of the Clone Wars season 7 is going to or is going to be engineered to make us believe Anakin's you know descent or transition to the dark side in a way that we didn't believe it just by seeing it in Revenge of the Sith I think that they've Mm -hmm. they've they've sat down and said listen what can we do with Anakin to go ahead and make that you know jump that leap from the Anakin that we know you know in the Clone Wars you know the hero Mm -hmm. into Darth Vader and Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're going to go a little bit, if it's going to feel, is it going to feel a little bit too forced? Pardon the pun, but is it going to feel a little bit too forced? Because I've always had issues. We've talked about this and we probably do a whole show on this. I've had issues with, you know, seeing Anakin as we know him and believing that that same dude is going to end up killing a bunch of little kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, it just didn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't compute. And even, yeah, Mm -hmm. hold the whole, um, you know, he has problems with attachments, um, he has problems with, you know, uh, he wants um, uh, Padme to live and he gets exploited by Palpatine. Yeah, I get all those things. And I could even see him maybe going to the dark side, but he didn't just go to the dark side, dude. You know what I'm saying? He went, he, he went, he slaughter mode. He went full, like, you know, Kill, killing babies, you know, deep, deep, deep dark side. Like Mm -hmm. if there's like a whole section of the dark side that's like deeper than other parts of the dark side, like he went to that section. You know, he was in the VIP section of the dark side, basically. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. There was a rope. You know what I'm saying? Velvet rope. Right. He took the velvet rope. He moved it. He Uh sat down and then he he locked the velvet rope behind him. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's where he went. So I've never I've always had problems believing that, and I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people have as well. So. I think in my estimation, I think that obviously they're going to try to, you know, make us believe that more. And that scene that we just saw in episode in this episode, Unfinished Business, mm-hmm. the scene with Trench was obviously meant to, you know, make us believe that. Because when they when he first walks in the room, dude, his face, you know, what yeah. I'm saying? he looks like, yeah. It's the straight, you know, Ice Cube grill. You know what I'm saying? He looked mm-hmm. like Cube. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He had the straight mm-hmm. from America's Most Wanted cover, you know, look on mm-hmm. his face. And it was like, not to say, I, hey, Cube, if you listen, I'll say that you went to the dark side, but you know what I'm saying? It's like he had that look on his face. So do you think, though, it may go a little overboard? Do you think that they may force it a little bit too much this season? How many how many episodes do we I have? I believe Dina? there's 12 episodes total, you know, so we don't have a so, lot. We don't have a lot, a lot more room, which is surprising me that they spent four episodes on this arc. But, yeah, I think it's 12 episodes. I could be wrong, but I think it's 12 mm-hmm. episodes. Well, um, is there a chance? Sure. Sure, there's a chance. But if we, if, if we respect the timeline, mm-hmm. we know that Anakin has lost his mother. Um, we know that Anakin now has lost Ahsoka. And then in Revenge of the Sith, it's Palpatine exploiting the fear that, he'll, that Anakin will lose Padme. All right, so you can... You can you can build on that establishment um, to help, you know, to help with the the character development. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of time for um, nuance, uh, subtlety. I, yeah, I, I think you can do it in subtle measures mixed mm-hmm. with just hard action, mm-hmm. like subtle, subtle, subtle event, subtle, subtle, subtle event, subtle, subtle, subtle event. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it depends overall on what the intent is for this 
for the season because it's 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 dubbed the final season. Yeah, it's dubbed the final season. And I think the events are going to definitely take us up to the point of the opening of Revenge of the Sith. And yeah, maybe, they, maybe with Ahsoka and Rex, who are probably going to end up on Mandalore, mm-hmm. it's going to take us to Order 66. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we're going to be in this. We're going to be in Revenge of the point. Sith. That's a good point. Because, um, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is they don't they don't have to tie anything off. They don't have to tie anything off. You know what I mean? They just they, need to develop some things. Will they just, show? They just need to develop so seeds that have already been planted. But will I wonder? Will they show? Because it's like okay, we're going to see Order sixty six from a completely different vantage point. Yeah. Are they also going to give us some Vader moments? You know what I'm saying? Are we going to get to see Vader in you know episode twelve of season seven? Well, I think we saw we just saw a Vader you know moment saying, at the end of episode Vader, four. You know, the Vader we got in Revenge of the Sith. We see him get turned into Vader, and he's standing on the bridge. I don't think they'll go that far. See, I don't think they'll go as far as as second creation. What What if we get post? I'm just I'm at this point. I'm just like you know head cannon. Oh, uh-huh. I'm, like, I'm like fan, we're like I'm yeah like fan, like fan wishes. So what if the what last if last post, episode is like three years later or something? Yeah. What if we get like post Revenge of the Sith, like you know mm. a month? Because all we see is him just becoming Vader and standing on that bridge. What mm-hmm. if we get post, you know, because I mean, in the comics, they've seen we've seen post Vader, you know, they're in post Vader territory right now or not post Vader, post Sith uh, uh, territory right now in uh, the comics. I wonder if we're going to get like a, a moment or two because we got to see, you know, like to your point, how does what happens to Ahsoka after this, you know, um, after after the Clone Wars are over? Yeah. How does she end up being, you know, working for spoiler alert for Rebels? How does she end up working for who she works for in Rebels? Anyway. All right. That's all speculation. Listen. Before we move on, and we'll come back to this because I think, again, with only 12 episodes, if I'm right on that, obviously this next episode is probably going to introduce Ahsoka back into it. So we're really going mm-hmm. to get into the deep, you know, Anakin, Ahsoka, Mandalore, Rex, all that stuff. We're about to get into that real deep. So we'll come back to this um, in the upcoming shows and talk about it. Before we before we tie this off, though, I wanted to ask you, um, first of all, shout out to the visuals. I, I wrote yeah. this in my notes. I got to keep... Mm-hmm coming back to this man this this show looks gorgeous you know and i don't know are you are you watching it on your computer or on the big screen i think i asked big you screen before. okay uh, yeah. i got it on big screen oh man this show is gorgeous. not 4k but 1080 but it's 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 much better if if any you guys if any of you guys are only watching these shows on your phone or your computer you know find a way to watch them on a big screen just gorgeous the battle the, the battle fighters um trench himself looked really cool yeah um echo the way that they've they've you know created echo to you know it really looks like he's he's had like one meal a week for like the last year mm-hmm. um it's just it's just shocking and striking i think it, it lends something to the narrative um when you see the kind of the degradation of him his, his physical self um and then uh oh Wrecker's explosion at the end of the episode when he blows all those those uh, ships up. Oh yeah, that the explosion. colors. Oh man, the mm-hmm. colors. I was like, wow, this they 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 really did their thing. So I I, I always want to keep coming back to that and talking about that. Um, my favorite moment. I don't know what your favorite moment. If you have one, favorite really quickly. My favorite moment uh, was when Crosshair was running through the corridors and throwing them little mirrors up. Yeah, and I was like, at first I thought they were like you know bombs. I they were I bombs. Think, yeah, like, yeah. like to detonate something. But then Fam went to the end of the the corridor and lit it up, and I was like, "Oh, he's you know." It made me think, man. You know, the Bad Batch—they're really like mutants, almost like Marvel mutants, mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. engineered um, and they're born with you know these. Or I don't know, are they born with them, or are they engineered post birth? I don't know. 
but they have superpowers basically you know what i'm saying because yeah. if you look at wrecker with the strength and then what crosshair just did right there that was yeah, he a had his yondu moment <laughs> right that was not that was not a exactly but he did a yondu without you know it wasn't just the whistling or whatever he did that with straight skill like he aimed you know and it was like that mm-hmm. was crazy throwing mm-hmm. those mirrors in the exact places they need to be that's not normal you know that's a superpower so that was interesting but okay before we before we leave um i said earlier we the last the last scene um you talked about it earlier the last scene with you know echo choosing to join the bad batch um i think that the reason that i said earlier that i feel that i was kind of right in my prediction because mm-hmm. i said he's maybe his look at the end of episode three was him kind of regretting you know uh rex saying yeah everything is going to go back to usual or ordinary echo was kind of like i don't you know inside internally he was like feeling maybe i don't want to go back to that Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go back to just, you know, fighting this, you know, this uh, meaningless war being just another, you know, body that they're throwing at the separatists, you know, blah, blah, blah. He didn't want to go back to that form of quote unquote slavery, you know, so yeah. we talked about that last episode. But I think in this episode, he found his freedom. And I think that that's what that last season, that last scene was about. The Bad Batch, although they're clones, they don't really report to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a sense of. Oh, hold on one second. I forgot. Sorry about that. It's okay. Did not turn on the do not disturb. Okay, let me start that right quick over real quick. Um, they have a sense of freedom and free will that, you know, the other clones kind of they don't have. And and like we talked about last episode, they have a f- sense of individuality that the other clones mm-hmm. struggle to 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 attain. Um, the bad batches achieved it, achieved it at another level. So I feel like, yeah, I agree with what you said earlier, but I also feel that that last scene kind of showed him Echo kind of choosing or finding his way to his own sort of freedom. Um, and I thought it was I thought it was very well handled, and especially because Rex was right there with him saying, look, man, we've been through a lot. You always going to be my guy. You know, I love you, but go ahead and do your thing. You know, if you need to be with them, that's where you feel like yeah. you need to be. Go ahead and do it. And that was that was beautiful. man. That was a really nice moment. Yeah. Um, acceptance too that Echo was. And maybe that was the look from from episode three that we've been debating over. You know, maybe it was is Echo wondering if he would be accepted mm. back mm. now that he's deformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he um, gonna get a hand like is he gonna get an Anakin Luke hand or what? You know what I'm saying? It's like my man, he's, he's got, got the port. yeah, he's got <laughs> he's the got port. A, yeah, but it's like, can we get a hand to go over the port? Then he can just take the hand off when he needs to use the port because I'm like. Get this man a hand. You know what I'm like, <laughs> Anakin got one. Luke got uh-huh. one. Get this and help help this dude out. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I would have liked, and this is a niggle, but because it was done really, really well, um, and you don't, you know, you don't need to spend a whole lot of time with it. But it would have, it, it it would have been nice if Rex had a little, a little bit of resistance, because as much as Rex was so desirous of, of bringing him back into the Brotherhood, mm. um. He let him go. Mm. You know, if you love somebody, let them set them free. Mm-hmm. That happened a little too quickly for me. But again, again, super nickel. And it's not worth, you know, yeah. having to add another three to five minutes on right. top of right. the And the there was time. the look when, when Rex kind of turns around and walks away, even though he knows he knows it was that hard. Yeah. He acknowledges. Do you see the, the acknowledgement how hard it was to do that? Right. It was very difficult for him to do. And then it was nice for, you know, the little salute and everything. So mm-hmm. very, very well handled, man. Very well handled. Okay. 
let's uh let's let's uh that's it so let's let's uh sign off and get ready for um next week's episode um where can they find us at man you know it's it's i know a lot of people are indoors and got a lot of time on their hands so where can they go if they want to listen to past episodes well, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we encourage you to subscribe to the show. We also uh, encourage you to leave a review. It helps for other people to uh, discover what we're doing. Um, you can follow us on Spotify. Um, you can find us online at madunreal.com. Um, we've got all the shows available and have a link to a variety of podcast players and an RSS feed for you to consume the show on whichever uh, application that you so desire. Um, we are all about freedom and Mad Unreal. Um, <laughs> Where can they hashtag find? Mad Unreal on Twitter. Right. You would reach both Isaac and myself, uh, and we can continue this conversation. Um, and you can hit we, Arthur uh, on Twitter as at A R R T H U R. That's right. Yeah, at and Isaac Perry is at I S A A C P E R R Y. Um, get at us, and we'll get back at you. Um, as we roll into uh, this new age of social distancing. <laughs> Stay close to us, though. Stay close to us. All right, as and as usual, keep it unreal. Peace. <laughs>